meditation is the recipe. I just gotta take my time. I just gotta take my time. I just gotta take my time. Prayer meditation is the recipe. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Christian Athlete Paradox. I am so excited for the conversation today. I'm so thankful that I get to sit here with my wife, Grace, and Andy Archer, who I believe, I don't know when the episodes will get released, so I haven't figured out the order yet, but I sat down with Andy and got to have a conversation with him about his testimony and his baseball career um, and just the things that God did through his life. And so I don't know which one's going to come out first, but we're sitting down with Andy today. And one of the things that was on Andy's heart and on Grace and I's heart was to kind of talk a little bit about relationships and just what God has taught us, what God has redeemed. And so we're going to sit down and have that conversation today of a little bit about relationships. Um, but Andy actually wanted to facilitate this discussion and offer to for Grace and I. Andy, first off, thanks for joining us, but we're so thankful that you were, were willing to do this. So thank you. Oh, man, it is a pleasure to be on here with both of you guys. Um, so Ryan, so glad that we connected. You know the Wi-Fi is going to make this an issue, but we're not going to we're not going to make excuses for that. You know that we're going to make this happen regardless. Um, Grace, so pumped to connect with you. I'm pr- probably even more so than Ryan, just based on the way that he talks about you. So I hope that you are fired up to hear that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think this. <laughs> but I think this this kind of came maybe just as an idea when when Ryan and I spoke off camera. We talked about how dating is not something that's mentioned in the Bible. Um, but you know, you guys are such a great example of dating one Christian dating two, but then Christian athlete dating three. And so I think, I think when we have that resource, I would love to just amplify that. I mean, it's something that I would love to just pick you guys brains about. And I'm, uh, and I know that there's so many people that I played with throughout the years, Ryan, Grace, I'm sure same exact way for you guys, that it's such a space that's difficult to navigate, especially from a Christian perspective. So that's kind of where this thing came about from my perspective. Yeah, I know. We're, we're so excited. We're so thrilled. It's, it's not an easy walk, but we're excited to share what we've learned and, and how we, how, mm. what we've learned through it, how God has used it um, to ultimately glorify him. So we're amped and so excited for you to jump on with us. With that said, so Andy, we're just going to give this thing over to you, man. Like this is this is you leading. Um, we're happy to answer any questions and would love to kind of share what God's put on our heart from the questions that you sent over. So uh, I'm giving this thing to you and we're just going to enjoy the ride. <laughs> Ryan, you know what? I, I appreciate that. It's, I don't know if that's something that, that, that I would do just as, I, you know, I don't let someone drive my car. <laughs> you're kind of handing over the keys to, keys to your podcast right now. So if you're a little scared, you should be. Um, but But I promise I'll do a good job with it. So Anyway, so yeah, so so just for the just for the listeners, just a little bit of a background. Ryan and Grace have just been married this past October, so congratulations to them. Thank you. Um, but 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 model example of of what you know just a Christian dating process should look like. Um, so yeah, so Ryan and Grace, I'd love to just pick you guys' brains, just go stage by stage from your relationship. Would love to maybe spend some time on how you guys build a foundation of faith for your relationship. Um, and I, I think just in today's day and age, you know, just provide a, a, an example for myself and for so many others, what this should look like just in this crazy world we live in. So, so yeah, so I just kind of like to start from the beginning. So just to open it up, you know, for both you guys, you know, Ryan, maybe you can answer this one first, but way back before you two even met, just in something that maybe I'll call the evaluation stage, 
when you were in that stage, you know, scripture gives us plenty of detail on what a godly wife and what a godly husband looks like. You know, right off the bat, I'm thinking about Proverbs 31, Ephesians 2 and Ephesians 5. Um, kind of a long-winded question here, but what were like some of your strict criteria that had to be met for you to qualify, in a sense, someone to pursue in a relationship? Yeah, it's a good question. I think when you look for someone to date, you're looking for someone, in my opinion, to marry. Like, I don't date for fun. It's not mm. just something that's a. It's not just something that you do on a whim. Uh, I think there's got to be intentionality behind it, and there has to be purpose behind it. And so the Bible says that we should not be unequally yoked. And so to start there, like mm. woman that I was going to pursue had to be a believer in Jesus. But with that can come a lot of different variations and levels of, okay, well, what kind of believer are you? And for me, it had to be a Bible believing woman of God who I wanted to attach myself with for the rest of my life to then raise our kids, to have a family, but also to be on mission with for the rest of my life. And so mm. Dating someone and choosing someone to date was not just a qualification of, oh, do they check the box of being a believer, but are they running the race at the speed and um, the speed and tenacity that I am running the race and I want to continue to run the race? And I think that was one thing that made Grace so appealing and attractive to me was the fact that she was pursuing the Lord at such a tenacious pace and with such fervor and a fire that was like, wow, how do like, I want to get to know this girl, but I'm going to let Grace kind of share a little bit about this because it goes into our story because that was not always who she was. And that um, was not the first, that wasn't, that wasn't me when he met me. Right. When I first met you, like you were, you know, I'll let you say that, <laughs> but like it, it was a, it was a very cautious meet. Like I was yeah. not looking at you as a relationship when I first met you. Yeah. So mm. kind of going off of that, we first met at the Passion Conference um, in DC, which was not like we didn't, we weren't intentionally going to meet each other. Our our mutual friend ended up bringing, so our friend Graham brought his home friends to Passion and then also brought his baseball friends from school to Passion. So there were these two friend groups that he brought together. We had no idea, idea who each other were. So we all went and it was kind of just a thing where it was like a bunch of our friends are going, why not go? I wasn't on fire at this mm. point. My faith coming up to this point was very, um, it, it was just a roller coaster. It was, I am going to talk to God when I need God. But when I, I think that life is going well on my own and I'm in control, then I'm going to put God to the side. So that is <laughs> Ryan. When, when we first met at passion, I think he saw me in that present state. And what I mean by that is, and I'll say this, and he he wrote a letter to me on our wedding day, and just a little a little part of it, he said this, I sat three seats down from this beautiful girl at Passion in 2019, but seeing beautiful the- Beautiful girl. <laughs> but, but seeing the hurt in your eyes and in your smile was a pain that I felt deeply for you without ever even knowing you. And I think that he somehow, oh, wow. supernaturally, Man. he knew that I, I was the girl that went to God when I needed him, but I wasn't at the point of surrendering fully to him. And and he was spot on with that. I went back to school, uh, messed around, drinking, did all of the things. And it wasn't until COVID really that like God really brought me to my knees. But I always had Ryan in the back of my head as that is a person that I know 
knows the Lord. And so when I had questions, he was who I started going to with like, wait, who is God? What is his character? What does this really look like? And, and I had in my own testimony, I shared on Ryan's podcast is um, I had a family friend who, who dove into all of that with me, but there's still somebody my age and I knew from conversations that I had heard through our time at Passion, um, I knew that he was firm in his faith and that he had been firm for a long time. And um, one of his gifts is most definitely knowledge. <laughs> so um, he was still mm. with that. And so I, I started pelting him with questions. And I think that's when we started, I, he, I don't know, just started seeing, he started seeing that side of the- uh, The pursuit. Yeah. The curious side of he the first time he met me, I was not that on fire uh tenacious <laughs> lover of God. So yeah. Wow, awesome, awesome. Well, thank you guys both for sharing that. And I think, you know, it's fitting just to maybe throw this back to Ryan. Just maybe a little bit off script here, but you know, Ryan, when you were in that um stage as, as Grace kind of just walked us through where she was asking you a lot of questions and just and just becoming just more and more curious and, and on fire for the gospel. How did you navigate that? Um, you know, knowing that a, a strong, healthy, successful Christian relationship is going to be two people with their own faith. Was it ever hard for you to kind of keep those lines in relationship separate? Oh yeah, it absolutely was. And I think if there was one thing that I was most cautious about was the fact that guys and girls to share the gospel with one another is a very difficult thing to do because there's always this 100% like there, there has to be this cautiousness of truthfully, like I am not made to minister to another girl because there becomes a blurred line of what a relationship looks like and what a relationship Mm -hmm. with God looks like. Um, and so early on when she was asking me these questions, like I truly wanted her to know the goodness of the gospel, but I, I didn't want to, tie her faith to my words. And so a lot of what we did early on was I just sent you sermons. I was like, Hey, go check this out. Hey, read this. Hey, I've heard this. I think this would be good for you to listen to. And that was, I think really good for you because it forced you to go learn on your own and own your faith. I couldn't own that for you. Yeah. And then as we progressed in a relationship and all of a sudden, you know, yeah, she was this beautiful girl who all of a sudden was starting to love the Lord. And it was like, okay, Maybe at some point I can have and pursue a relationship with her, but I don't think that I can do that without being cautious of the fact that she needs to own her faith. And so I had to keep her at a distance. Truthfully, I had to, um, I had to, like when we were first talking, I would, we would text for once, once a day and we would text almost the whole day. Um, I wouldn't call her. It would probably be like once a week though. Like, oh, yeah. And I would, try, I would try to drag that conversation as long as we could. Oh, she would pull it. She would try <laughs> to pull it into the next day. But I was like, briefly, maybe to a fault, like I, I said goodnight and like she knew that goodnight meant like, hey, I'm probably not going to text Bye you tomorrow. for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it was like a very slow moving process. We probably, I, I think it probably took us four months, three months before I like actually saw you for the first time. We probably mm-hmm. texted probably once a week for, ooh, I don't know, maybe six weeks. Um, and then I was like, okay, hey, we can get on the phone and talk. And But honestly, it was just such a slow moving process. Um, but one of the things that it allowed was it allowed me to get to know her 
And it also allowed her to start to own her faith because that was one of my biggest fears was I didn't want to get into a relationship with someone, A, that their faith was not their own. But the Bible also says that like, until you are married, you are not someone else's. You are not each other's until you become one in before God. And so truthfully, that was my one of my ways that I wanted to love her was that if it didn't work out between us, I wanted her to be able to walk away with the faith. I didn't want the end of our relationship to be, I didn't want the end of our relationship to be the end of her faith. Truthfully, like that was just kind of plain and simple. Like she had to own her faith. Wow. Oh my gosh, brother. I cannot imagine how hard that must've been um, for you to navigate, but you know, Grace, I'd love to throw this one back to you. Um, Just, you know, hearing all that and having been through the process, do you remember at which point maybe you guys transitioned from kind of that, this, this talking stage to more than that and, and more of a relationship or dating sense? And maybe was it something that Ryan noticed within your own faith or something that you said? Um, that's a really good question. I would say when we started to, <laughs> my sister calls them business meetings. We would get on the phone and I would just disappear into another room for like legit hours. Um, <laughs> And that is so, so for awesome. me, <laughs> it, it's true. They said that at our wedding. <laughs> um, but a kind of a, a different way of responding to this, but my past included, um, I, I sought my worth and my value from guys. And so I always looked and I, I hate to say it, but like was definitely, the chaser. I, I never let a guy pursue me. Truthfully, I felt like I, I needed to always like be there and, and just convince them to love me, which is so wrong um, and leads to so many just different paths that you sinful paths and whatnot. But 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 to that point as well, I think it calls out a, a role of the men in the relationship to lead a godly relationship. It is the role of the man to pursue. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. And Awesome. That was something that you had to learn, but I think it was something that I truthfully showed you was the fact that I was willing to pursue you. Yeah. And when you were willing to be pursued, there was kind of alleviated some of the fears of the need to chase me back. Yeah. I, but okay. <laughs> Going back to when we first met at Passion, when I, he saw the, he saw the state I was in. And I also knew like, as soon as I'm, I mean, I'm going to be on a Jesus high for probably three weeks, but as soon as I get back to school, I'm going to be dabbling in all the wrong things again. Like I knew that he was, and and I told my mom this, like, mom, you got to meet this guy, but like he's husband material, not boyfriend material. So he's untouchable right now. Like I I can't touch him. Um, and so we didn't really talk for a bit, but when, when, from the time we met to the time we actually started dating was what, a year and a half, two years? Probably like a year, a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. probably a year and a half. Um, wow, that but, is crazy. <laughs> yeah, but when we when we started talking as friends, I started to notice like this is like, I've always known that he's husband material, but like mm. I have never been able to get to the point of being that wife material that he deserved to have and walk alongside. And so I we continued to talk. We continued to have those, um, phone calls and whatnot. And through that, I think ultimately I did not want to waste time. I was like, God, Mm. I, I do not want to 
I don't want to, I've been in so many relationships that just end in, in heartbreak and that I just don't want to feel that again. And so I, I don't want to be with this guy if it's not going to go anywhere. And so I started to pray for specifics and I started to say like, if this is going to be somebody that you want me to date and to be pursued by, I need clarity. I need mm. him to be on the same page as me. I need there to be a unity in this. Can you please just give me a confirmation of that? And, and God was faithful to that. I think and just an, as an example, I had been praying specifically, I want clarity. I need clarity. And we got on the phone and it was probably like, it was a couple phone calls in and Ryan just got on the phone and he was like, Hey, like, hope you're doing all whatever. And then jumped right into, Hey, it's just been on my heart. I, I really feel that I need to be clear with you and I need to provide you clarity. And so I felt that the wow. Lord was with us just hand in hand the entire way through. Mm. And so through that, it progressed to, okay, now there's clarity. Now we both know that there is an intention to date, but we need to start, like, we need to start seeing each other. So then he came up in January and we saw each other for the first time. We went to church and then went to DC and just walked around and we could talk for hours. Mm. And I think that's when it started to progress. I wanted, I wanted to date him right then and there, but <laughs> Like we both said, he was cautious with it. So he- and, and my cautious with Grace was not about her character. My cautious with Grace was about her faith being her own. Mm. And Andy, I, like, I think you might have even mentioned this. So I think I'm going to jump to this real quick. But um, the thing that changed with Grace that all of a sudden made me realize that she was for real was the type of questions that she was asking. There, there gets to a point in a relationship where all of a sudden the questions weren't a curiosity, but rather a pursuit of Jesus. And when someone is pursuing Jesus, that's when you know that you can come alongside them and realize that their eyes are not going to shift from Jesus to you mm. because there's just a curiosity. But now there is a pursuit of Jesus. I want Jesus. And now all of a sudden it was okay for me to come alongside her and run that race with her. Wow. Uh, and I think that was the big difference that we, I think for me allowed me to be like, okay, yes, we can do this. But even, even throughout our dating relationship, like I was so cautious and maybe to a fault sometimes, but like, I was mm. just very cautious about the way that I affirmed her about the words that I said, because I knew her past. And I knew if I gave her too much and didn't stick to my word, like if I said, Hey, I'm in this for you for the long haul, when I, we have been dating for a month, like I didn't know that I didn't have any merit to say that mm. um, because I was still evaluating. And so yeah, I think for both of us, it forced both of us because I wouldn't give that affirmation to continue to evaluate one of evaluate each other to figure out if this was truly what God had in store. And, and I did, affir I think I did affirm you, but I didn't affirm you that like, Hey, I'm going to marry you. Like mm. it was not that type of affirmation. Yeah. We had to wait a while for that one. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to keep going off that just cause, just cause it sounds to me like, when you guys did make that transition from, you know, talking and, and evaluating to actually dating, it sounds to me like the foundation was already very strong at that point. You guys have both kind of shown each other um, everything that you'd want to see from each other and more, sounds like, uh, from a faith perspective and from a character and, and you know, fill in the blank. Um, oh, what were you going to say? I was just saying it had been six months of like long distance, just talking, like not even mm. dating. And so one of the perks of long distance to be truthfully honest is the fact that it eliminates every single distraction yeah and you truly mm -hmm. focus on the mm -hmm. relationship awesome um it was such a blessing and as hard as it was it was that blessing which was really cool 
-hmm. I knew her. Like when we went on our first date, I knew her. There wasn't much that I was like questions about who she was. Now it was more of like, oh, like, okay, I think I enjoy this girl, but like, can I actually do life with this girl? Mm -hmm. And that was really a cool thing. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'd love to just, you know, maybe go a little further on that for, for the next stage for you guys' relationship. And maybe what, what kind of things did you guys, you know, you know, Ryan, you guys have talked at, at length, at, you know, today about, you know, making sure Grace's faith was, was her own. Um, so w- when you guys kind of came together in a relationship, what, what things did you guys decide to share together? Um, and what things did you guys do together in a relationship just to further that foundation of, of faith? Do you want to do this one? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the thing that we, you know, a lot of people have questions of, should we pray together? Should we read the Bible together? Should we read this book together? You know, I had friends in college that were like, can I even sit next to this person in church? Like (laughs) kind of these like legalistic questions. But truthfully, one of the things that I think we did, the thing that I think and I would encourage other believers to do is have conversations about the Lord. Talk about what you're learning. Talk about what God is doing in your life. Ask what the other person, what God is doing in the other person's life. And people want to get into the question of, okay, did you pray together? Did you read the Bible together? We did not read the Bible together. We would talk about what we read, but we didn't read it together. We would pray for each other and pray with each other from the standpoint of like, hey, if you were going through something hard, I would pray for you with you. But we did save the true spiritual intimacy of like letting each other into our deepest prayers with the Lord. We saved that for marriage. Mm. Um, and that was something that I think was looking back on it now, like people want to think that intimacy within a marriage and we do not have marriage figured out by any means. Yeah. Like we are not the experts and we're really not even the experts on dating, but God has taught us stuff that we're willing to share. But within marriage, there are it is not just physical intimacy. It is spiritual intimacy. It is emotional intimacy. And just like physical intimacy, if you jump into those things too soon and it doesn't work out because you're not truly one another's, now Mm. when you break apart and you have to go your own separate ways, you've given a part of your heart Mm. and tied yourself to someone else. And we were really cautious not to do that and maybe went a little bit too far with spiritual intimacy. Um, Obviously, Thankfully, it worked out and we're here now, but just seeing the true spiritual intimacy that is required to make a marriage work and to Mm. see the depths of each other's heart, yeah, I would really caution against diving too much into spiritual intimacy and dating. Wow. Um, That's awesome. One thing that I loved, though, about when we prayed together was it was it's nowhere close to where it is now and actually letting each other i would say hear our personal conversations with the lord that's that's probably more what mm. i would put out like we go to battle together with the lord and that was just not what it was when we were dating when we dated it was largely hey let's 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 pray but like we're going to pray before our meals and we're, we're going to pray in- for our friends or things like that mm. that were not really deep yeah, if that makes yeah. sense and it was more praying to invite the Lord into our dating relationship. Um, and we yeah. wanted we wanted to invite God into it, but it didn't mean that we tied our spiritualness together as one because we weren't one yet. Mm. Yeah. That is so good. That is such an awesome answer. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, thank you both for sharing that. But just, I'd love to hear more. Um, you know, Grace kind of mentioned you know, one of the first things today, the difficulties of 
marriage so far. Um, and so just as, as you guys have kind of transitioned into this marriage phase, how would you guys say that your relationship has changed? Um, and, you know, Grace, you know, if you're comfortable sharing, maybe what some of the difficulties have been, um, you know, I'd love to maybe just hear you guys speak on that for a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'll let you drive this. What is your, what would you say first? I'll go off of you. I would say that the way the enemy attacks is completely different. Mm. Um, the enemy wants to do everything he can to get you to stumble outside of marriage and wants you to do everything you can within marriage to keep you from becoming one. The, the reality of marriage is that marriage is supposed to be a picture of Jesus in his church or God in his church and that we are the bride of Christ and that Jesus protected and loves his church so deeply that he is one with the church. He went to die for the church. We sometimes miss that picture of what a marriage is, is that my role as the leader of the household is to love and protect. Mm. Um, and Grace's role is to submit to my authority. But submission does not mean that she doesn't have a say. So, like Submission is not this. Uh, how would you describe submission? <laughs> really? You putting that on me? <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, so I think especially in today's society, it's seen with such a negative connotation. It's seen as, oh, you're, the Bible says to submit to your husband. That means that you're lesser than it absolutely mm. does not mean that by no. any means. So um, glad you're there, talking about this. There are roles that the Bible has for a man to lead. Uh, Y'all, if you guys let me lead this relationship, it would be an emotional train wreck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If I have seen anything, it's just God God knew what he was doing when he called the man to be the leader of the household. Mm. Wow. But, But one of the things that it also points to is the fact that we are so selfish. Like I am so selfish. And yet Christ calls me to lead my family the way that he led the church and Mm. Jesus led the church with a sacrificial love. And so when I, when I take that and and I get this wrong more often than I get it right, but my role as the leader of the household is to love her and to look to her as to what her needs are and to put her needs above my own. And that is a picture of what Jesus did in the same way that her role in the marriage in the family is to trust that I am leading with the perspective of our best interest in mind mm-hmm. and the best interest of following the Lord. And so it is my responsibility to stay rooted in scripture as to what God wants from me so that I can best lead our family to make the best decisions to honor the Lord. And I want to throw in here too, the submission aspect doesn't, a lot of people think it, it's like, oh, Ryan or ex, whatever husband, sorry, not ex, I was making that as like example, husband. <laughs> Um, but meaning like, oh, the husband makes the decisions and she just has to follow. Like we have conversations before every single decision is made in this house, whatever it looks like, whether it's financially, whether it's talking about Mm. where we live, jobs that we make, like those are made together, but it's also trusting that one, the Lord brings us together in unity in a decision, but also Ryan just makes like the final, he I don't know. How do you describe it? Like, well, I think I think when you look at a, a relationship and you look at the strengths and weaknesses of men and women, men don't necessarily do the best job at having emotions. Mm. But when it comes to making the best decisions, sometimes it's good to not have emotion be a part of it. Mm. Um, yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, we get we often That's get really that blurred. But I will also say there is a line, and I might butcher it. I hope not. But it is a woman is much more likely and it is easier for a woman to submit to a man when the man is submitting to God. Mm, And that is so incredibly powerful. Like I ultimately trust that Ryan is submitting first to God. He, the Lord is his first obligation. It is to be in conversation with him and get direction and discernment and wisdom from him and trusting that Ryan has received that and that, he is leading our relationship based on the way that the Lord is leading him and, and, and sorry, us. We, and we keep going back and forth. That here, is but unbelievable. Thank the, Lord, <laughs> thank the Lord that I tied myself to a woman who has the ability and the love for me to call me out on my BS and say, <laughs> you are not following the Lord. Like you have become hard hearted to what God is trying to do. And because I love where she is with her relationship with the Lord and because I trust her, she is the one that keeps me rooted in the Lord when I seem to stray. Wow, that is so good. You know, there is this support for one another that we have to have. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing when it works right. But it all comes to the fact that Christ has to be at the center of the relationship. Mm. And if Christ isn't there, then you're trying to tango without the right dance partners. Ooh. Wow. Okay. That's amazing. <laughs> amazing answer. But Andy, to your to your question too, though, of the challenges in marriage, I think Ryan pointed to it in alluding to just the enemy is after you. The enemy does not like when people are chasing the Lord according to God's will. Like he wants anything and everything to, to fall apart. He wants to kill and destroy. Like he, he doesn't want, he doesn't have our best interest in mind. He will do whatever he can. So that has been a challenge for sure. Mm. The thing that probably has been challenging for me is in marriage. I mean, we are together 24 seven and we have the rest of our lives together. And to Ryan's point in that I can call him out on, you know, things where I, I see he can be, um, sharpened more and, and pushing, pushed more towards the Lord. That is incredibly difficult for me. I I have a past of being, um, I would say I couldn't go to them with my true thoughts and feelings without being gaslighted or told Mm. I was wrong or, um, just shamed, I guess. And so developing the trust for Ryan, that he is a safe space for me and that I, and he also welcomes and wants constructive criticism as long as it is said in love through the Holy Spirit. That has been a challenge for me because I don't, I'm used to confronting and being uh, just <laughs> smashed down for it. And so that's been a challenge in, in, in marriage and um, just entrusting that and being comfortable with like, no, wait, God wants us to prune one another. We are here as iron sharpens iron. So that's just one thing I don't really think a lot of people anticipate with marriage of like, wait, we're going to have to get comfortable in, in pushing one another. And we want that and we welcome it, but it it can be a challenge at times. That's so good. Well, thank you guys so much for, for sharing all that. Um, But I'd love to maybe just hear a little bit more about, sounds like you guys, a big part of your marriage is, just holding each other accountable into the highest standard. Um, so I'd love to hear maybe about if you guys ever have a disagreement, um, you know, from anything as far as, you know, where are we going to dinner? You know, maybe it could be something as big as, you know, what is my next career opportunity going to be? I would love to maybe hear how you guys, if you guys have like a blueprint for navigating disagreement or arguments. Um, I don't know if you guys have 
been through that. Sounds like certainly you have, but I'd love to maybe hear you guys talk about that. Hanger is real. Feed first. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is for that is for sure. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, he's not. He is not. <laughs> he is not. Okay, but on a more serious note, um, no, no, I think, I think this is where it comes back to truthfully the role of men in a relationship mm. is to be the one that truthfully swallows your pride swallows your selfishness and says, okay, hold up. Like, let's go to the Lord first. Um, mm. And, you know, whether that be having the tough conversations when she's fuming at me because I messed up and I have to be the one that comes and, and kind of tucks my tail between my, my legs and says, can we, can we, can we pray? <laughs> like, can we just talk to the Lord? Um, and that takes, that, that is like, the hardest thing to do. It is the hardest thing to do when you are angry, but also like, especially if it's me that's messed up because truthfully it's normally me that's messed up um, is to come to her and say, can we talk to the Lord? Because there's the fear of what if she doesn't want to talk to the Lord? Like what if, what if there's a hard heartedness that like now we can't go back to our source. And so I think that has been the key for us is just being willing to take a step back, go back, go and talk to the Lord and say, God, forgive me. Cause because if I can't ask God to forgive me, how can I ask my wife to forgive me? Um, mm. And so like truthfully, like it sounds cliche to say, go talk to the Lord, but it's truthfully the hardest part. And like suppression of the Holy Spirit is a very real thing. And the only way to combat that is by being in the word and talking to God. Mm. It's so difficult to go talk to God when things are hard, when you haven't talked to God in a couple of days, mm. the more you talk to God, the more easy it is to go to him and say, God, I messed up because you know that he's your friend. He's a true dependence that we can have on him rather than just a crutch that we go to in times of need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would also add that and every couple is different. We've talked to our uh, couples Bible study about this, but for me, I, I like to take a step aside and really sit with what I'm feeling because then I need to process it before I bring it to him or else I'm just going to be really irrational. So we, we typically, depending on what we're talking about, but I like to have time to, for us both to just, you know, go in our own time and talk to the Lord, get right with the Lord and mm. then bring it together and be like, all right, we're going to bring the Lord into the middle of this and we're going to discuss it. Um, and I mean, <laughs> there was a, there was a time where Ryan had just, and I love his heart so so much for this, but he's he's always been incredibly receptive and sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and we weren't in an argument by any means, but he could tell that I was just putting up a wall. I was a little bit frustrated with something, and he went and talked to the Lord, and I had no idea. I just was in our in our room getting ready to go to bed, and he just came to to bed and just like. He, he just laid out his emotions for me and like the pain that he felt because he had not necessarily let me down, but that was enough to just break me. I was like, Oh my goodness. Like, wait, was I, was I wrong in this or what was it? But to see that my husband was first going to the Lord, like I didn't have to tell him what he did wrong, but the Holy spirit just worked through him and brought him to his knees. And I don't think we have ever reconciled in the way that we reconciled during that night. It was it was pure beauty in how the Lord worked through, through a conflict. And I mean, we tried to replicate that as well, whenever we can, but 
that in itself just showed me like, wow, we, the power of going to the, the Lord before jumping in to have earthly argument is, is really necessary. Yeah. Even to add a little bit more context to that, I think I, I found myself in a position where like I wasn't supporting her in the way that she needed to be supported. And I realized mm. just my own selfishness, my own desire to be heard. And I think that was really difficult. And so just taking some time to take a step back, go talk to the Lord. And I think as I talked to the Lord, it just, he just impressed upon my heart that like my job is to be so for her and above all else, I need to be for my wife. And I think he just continues to show that there is, there is depth and there needs to be love and selflessness in a marriage. I think, I think one of this, a common theme just, and you know, hearing you guys talk about your marriage, this phase of your relationship is just you both feeling heard and understood. Um, and so I think, I think, you know, Ryan, you mentioned as a guy, that's something kind of innately, we just want to protect and provide, right? Grace, you mentioned how maybe in past relationships you have been, when you've opened up to whoever in the past, it has not been handled gracefully or respectfully, um, or in a way that it sounds like Ryan's done very well. Um, could you maybe, you know, share how can you tell, like, what are the things that Ryan does just so that you know that you are a hundred percent being heard and appreciated? Oh my goodness. Um, I'm trying to think of specifics. There's too many. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> he truly welcomes my deepest feelings. Like even if it, even if it may, um, may sting him a little bit, if it's something that I'm seeing or something that he, it's hard to tell somebody else that they have hurt you. Mm. Um, because at least for me, it is hard to tell somebody that they've hurt me out of fear for hurting them. <laughs> but I think from the, from the beginning, I had to start practicing telling Ryan my feelings and I would have to tell him, ahead of time, like, Hey, there's something on my heart. I want to share it with you, but I'm honestly scared too. Like, I don't really, I don't really know how to approach it, whatever. And then he would have like, at, at first he would start to either ask a question or tell me like, I am soft hearted to this. I want you to be able to share this with me. I'm going to listen to you the best that I can. And so it, it wow. made it a space where I was like, okay, I'm not just coming out of nowhere with this. I've told him that I have something on my heart that I want to share with him. And then practicing that has just made it easier to, instead of asking now, just bringing it to him. But even something we, we talked about in, in our premarital counseling was men typically like to give the answers right away. But sometimes us women just like to have an ear listening to us. And so he's definitely done that incredibly well in learning how to open it to just be like, I, I want to hear. And it, and it took practice. <laughs> she's, she's being really gracious to me. Um, <laughs> I, I genuinely like, I want to help. I want to fix. I want to, I see a problem and it's like, well, there's an easy answer for that. Blah, blah, blah. It's, it's this. And I said, I think, you've learned. I did say you've learned. <laughs> yeah. And, and I love your heart behind it. Cause I, I do think I continue to learn. But I think that is something that's truthfully very difficult for me is to recognize like there's a little bit of pride in that too of like when she comes to me with something mm. of well I want to be the one to fix your problem or there's mm -hmm. also like yeah. the 
she tells me that, hey, I'm feeling this way. And I love when she actually says that. She says, hey, I'm feeling this way or I feel like you're doing this because it's super disarming. There's mm. There has been times that she's come to me and said, hey, I'm feeling like you're not doing this um, or whatever it might be. And in my head, there's like, like I grab my sword and my shield and I'm like, what do you mean? I yeah. absolutely am. Like I can point to three times in the last week that I did this. Um, and when she looks at me and says it with, but I don't feel that. And it's, it's like a very disarming thing because it's like, well, I can't tell you how you're feeling. Like if you're not feeling yeah. it, then there's mm-hmm. something that I need to go and reevaluate. And it, it shows a little bit of my heart too. When I grab my sword and my shield and I'm ready to fight because it's like, what do you mean I'm not doing good enough? Um, it shows that I am more worried about my own heart and my own desire to be, uh, I guess, good. When in reality, she's sharing the way that she's feeling. And mm. my job is to protect her feelings and her heart. Yeah, I would, going off of that, I would say to the, how he makes me feel appreciated and whatnot. I think in these conversations that we have, he's made it, he always makes it incredibly apparent that like, I want you to share this with me, not because I just want you to get it off your heart, but I want to hear what you need from me because I genuinely want to give you everything that you want and need and deserve. And Mm. so knowing his heart posture and hearing him say that, that inherently makes me feel appreciated because he is seeking the desires of my heart and to fill those. Wow. Well, Ryan, I'd love to maybe just back up um, just, just for a second off something that you said. And I think, you know, as guys, you know, we serve obviously a different role in in a relationship than the woman. Um, We want to protect, we want to provide, we want to be the knight in shining armor. Um, And that part is, I think something that's innate in guys. I think it's something that can be so natural for us to do. Um, but you mentioned earlier kind of mo- the difficulty of our emotional side. Um, so I'd love to maybe just hear you talk about how you've, you've found some balance with, with just you know yourself feeling heard and, and honored in that way in, in, in your marriage. Yeah. So our premarital counselor said something really neat. He said, intimacy with one another is, th- is, is threefold. There's physical intimacy, there's spiritual intimacy, and then there's emotional intimacy. Mm. And outside of marriage, I hate it. I don't want to talk about emotions. I don't want to talk about how I'm feeling. Yeah. I don't- It's I, like I, knocking I, on a brick wall. It, it is. <laughs> I mean, like, like if I have to talk yeah, about- you're playing my, baseball and you're being told like not to show emotion on the mound or whatever. I mean, Virginia Tech, you know, a little different story with some of you guys' celebrations, but I'll, I'll leave that for another podcast. <laughs> another podcast. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's very real of like when, when I have to acknowledge my emotions, it, I have to face them. Mm. And it's so much easier for me to just suppress my emotions and just move on with my life. But now all of a sudden when I'm in a marriage and my emotions affect her well-being and her feeling cared for, I can't do that anymore. And so mm. realizing that she protects my emotions and protects that just because I don't want to share this, I know that when I share something with her, it's not going anywhere. Like she is there to, mm. that makes her <clears throat> feel close to me when I share those emotions. And that's something that's been really, actually really sweet because outside of marriage, I, I, I don't, I didn't want to talk about my emotions and I still don't want to talk about my emotions, 
But when you love me back because I share something with you, it's very, it's very much of like, oh, I see, I see how this makes you feel loved when I share this. Well, and it helps me to love you better when I see you in your fullness and know the depths of your emotions and where they're going and what's on your heart. I can't love you the way that I want to in, in my fullest capacity when I have no idea what's going on internally. Wow. That's so good. Well, guys, I know, I know we've been on here a while. Well, let me back up. Thank, thank you for both, you know, adding on to that awesome answer. But uh, we've been on here a while. I just maybe want to wrap it up with one last question. Um, just is there anything on, as you guys have, you know, been together and, and, and been praying over this and been in scripture, just any advice for Christians or Christian athletes in the dating space, um, navigating advice that you guys would give just, just to kind of wrap this thing up. Yeah. We, we actually were just kind of looking, looking at each other, trying to figure out what we wanted to talk about. And I think we were on the same page. So it's kind of funny. The thing that I think aided us so much in our dating relationship that is so difficult for believers and unbelievers alike is boundaries. Mm. And I think it, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about that in this podcast, because until you are married, you are not each other's engaged. You are mm. just because you're engaged. You're not each other's like someone still has the ability to walk away if they want. And that means for us, and we believe the Bible says to abstain from, from sexual relationships until mm. you're married. Um, and so one of the ways that we had to do that was to put up boundaries all the, all, all the way, like from when we were dating to when we were engaged, even we, more so when we were engaged. Yeah. Like we had to have boundaries <laughs> and it sounds, it sounds so difficult. It sounds so constraining to the relationship, but the Bible says that of all of the different sins that we can have, the Bible says that God will fight those temptations with you. But when mm. you look at sexual immorality, it is the one temptation that the Bible says, flee, mm-hmm. run, flee. like yeah. do not try and fight that because you cannot fight it. And so I think that was something that's been, was on our heart a lot during dating was like, I'm not fighting this temptation with you. Like I'm running, I'm getting out of the house. And when we set boundaries, like it could be something as simple as like, Hey, I'm like, we're going to hang out at night, but I'm setting an alarm. And when this alarm mm-hmm. goes off, like I'm out. Yeah. Um, we, had, we had a curfew. Yeah. We had a curfew. Um, the Bible says darkness is a picture of evil. And so the later things get at mm-hmm. night. Nothing good happens after midnight. Sometimes it even goes before that. Like I know, I'm like hearing my mom my say that to me growing that. up. <laughs> but it's but it really that's is so, so true. Like when you're weak, that's when the enemy plays its hardest. Is when you are weak. So we weak and tired and just not making good decisions. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So so there would be things that we would do, and I would encourage other believers if you're trying to date the godly way, like you have to have boundaries, and it's something that you don't set boundaries at the beginning of the relationship and then never look at them again. It's the convicting work of the Holy Spirit within you that says, mm, do I feel good about this boundary? There were a couple of times that we had set a boundary and had stayed within that boundary. But the next morning we were like, mm, I, I don't like that. I, I, I just don't feel right. And we would reevaluate that boundary and say, okay, so our new boundary is this. Mm. Um, And I think it's important to look at heart posture because crossing a boundary doesn't always mean, you know, you're physically slipping a boundary, but it could be, Hey, that actually tempts me more. Um, Mm. and that makes it harder for me to withstand. So let's, let's reevaluate, let's reevaluate that boundary. And I want to go to first Corinthians 10, 13 says, 
No temptation has overtaken you except such as, as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Like there, so many people will just say like, well, I've been overcome by this temptation. Like, how do you not slip? And there are tangible things that you can do. Like we were saying, set a curfew, but also don't walk yourself into the environment that is going to enable you to slip and fall. If your boundary is to not have sex, which to be honest, I, I think that's probably a little bit far. Like the scripture says, we're, we're not, if you're looking we're not trying to live in the gray space. Like the Bible is very black and white of as what is a sin and what is not. But sometimes we as Christians want to live in this gray space, but the gray space is still full of temptation. And temptation can cloud our judgment and cloud our mind. And so if I live in this gray space that I may not be, you know, air quote, sinning according to the Bible, but it's filling my head with temptation, it no longer allows me to look and love grace the way that God calls me to look and love grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was one of the things that we had to evaluate too was like, okay, scripturally, this lines up with our boundary, but I can't handle the temptation. And so let's back out so I can have a pure, unobstructed relationship with you. And did we come close to those boundaries? Yeah, we absolutely did. Thankfully, we never crossed it and we only by the grace of God. Um, (laughs) But we had to constantly reevaluate those boundaries. And that's done through the convicting work of the Holy Spirit within us that says, "Mm, I don't feel like you're honoring me in that action. So let's back that up. Yeah, yeah. I would also wow. say dating in community is so incredibly important. When the enemy can get you alone by yourself Amen. and oh, no one else is watching, it, it can just be so dangerous. And so mm. just an emphasis on making sure also, not even from the physical standpoint too, but your friends, your family, when you are dating around these people, they have the bird's eye view when it can be a, a little bit clouded when you're, you know, all falling in love and whatnot. <laughs> okay, but like... <laughs> And this is, this is the last thing I'll say because I, I know we want to wrap up, but the Bible talks about light and darkness mm. and light being good, darkness being evil. And we, we, you know, that is some symbolism that the Bible has, but it's also very true. Like shed light on as much as you possibly can. If that means that you date in public, that you go get out of the house to go on a date, like do it. Mm. Don't be in a position where there are no eyes, but you and her. Mm, wow. There is nothing wrong with dating in public that like shed a light on as much as you can and let God be a part of it. Yeah. The last words I want to say are just of encouragement. Like it is, as Ryan said, like by God's grace alone, we, we didn't cross any boundaries, but I, I will be the first to admit like with, with the past that I have, I am dumbfounded at the fact that I never tried to do anything and, and pull any stunts on Ryan. Just, and that is seriously by the the grace of God alone and through His strength. And just, I mean, it, the, it says in the Bible, "In my weakness, His power is made strong." And that's you know, the grace paraphrasing of it. But it's so true. There were legit days and nights where I'm like, I physically cannot do this. Like how. How am I supposed to make it through all of an engagement when we're not even engaged yet, but we're talking about engagement and that's going to be months and, you know, all the what ifs, whatever. But it God gives us exactly what we need for that day at hand to mm. not be anxious about the next day and the next day ahead and whatnot, but to 
magnify our utter dependence on the Lord and that he does give us the strength that we need to endure the temptations. And we just have to ask for it. Like obviously us enabling ourselves or or taking away the the tangible things and um, just implementing the measures to help us in avoiding those temptations. But we just need to ask God to be with us and to show us the right ways out. Because as that first Corinthians verse says, he, he does give us the way out. He is Mm. always opened that door for us and made those apparent. We just have to choose to walk through that and flee the temptation. So it is 1000% possible. And honestly, like just for the sake of the podcast and, and other people listening, whoever it might be like, we are so for anyone who listens to this. And if there are any questions, like we want to be a part of the solution and helping people to endure the temptation. Like we are so here for that in the vulnerability and sharing your weaknesses allows other people to help you mm. in creating a stronger, just a stronger force in, in, um, fighting the enemy's tactics. So we are here for it and we welcome the conversations and yeah, I don't know. just felt that one. Wow. And if you couldn't tell we're, we're passionate. Yeah. About this. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I mean, there's so much, my, my notes page filled up a long time ago. <laughs> so I just want to take a minute and just say thank you to you both. Um, thank you for, just just the the way that you guys have have brought christ into your into your own lives and then also together in relationship thank you for sharing all this with not just with me but with a public audience i know that that's hard and you know thank you for all just being vulnerable and talking about the the good the bad and the ugly here um what an amazing example you guys are and i'm, I'm so so happy to hear that you guys are, are navigating this marriage this way and i can't wait to see where this is going to take you guys, but I I'm honored to have been a part of this conversation. So thank you for letting me be a part of it. Dude. Thank you, Andy. Like this was awesome. And uh, we apologize for going on a couple tangents there, but <laughs> no, uh-uh. uh, you were so thankful that you came up with and put the time in with these questions. They were awesome. And <sighs> just show your heart behind it too, which has been really cool. Yeah, yeah. that was special. So thank you guys so much. Yeah. All right, Cap fam, we're going to cut it off here. We're so thankful for you guys. I hope you guys have a great week. As always, go Hokies, go Jackets. Go, go Bows. Hawaii? Go Bows. Go what? Wait, we also say we are Penn State. No. no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll see you guys later. <laughs>